Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst-case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith. And I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the death of Elvis. Here's what you need to know. Elvis Aaron Presley was born on January 8th, 1935, in a poor neighborhood in Mississippi. From an early age, he began performing with his parents as a singing trio in their hometown of Tupelo. Relying on public housing and welfare, the struggling family moved to Memphis when Elvis became a teenager. Despite being painfully shy and bullied by his classmates, Elvis took up the guitar and spent his days exploring Beale Street, the heart of Memphis's blues scene and an African-American cultural hub. After graduating from high school, Elvis walked into Sun Records one day and paid $4 to record himself singing two songs. During a time of racial segregation and racism, record producer and owner of the studio, Sam Phillips, had been searching for a specific type of singer. As his receptionist recalled, Phillips once said that if he could find a white man who had the sound and feel of a black performer on Beale Street, he could make a billion dollars. When the producer heard the young Elvis Presley sing the 1940s blues number, That's All Right, he knew he'd found the next big name in blues. An impressive string of hit songs followed, and Elvis's nervous rhythmic dancing became infamous during his television appearances as young fans across the nation giggled and danced along from home. His iconic debut album brought the evolving sound of rock and roll into mainstream culture and ignited a pop craze for an entire generation. While America's older generation decried his music as degenerate and destructive, 
to the screaming, gyrating teens at his concerts, Elvis Presley was nothing less than the king. In the spring of 1958, Elvis was drafted into the army as a private. While in Germany, he met 14-year-old Priscilla, and the two eventually married after a seven-year courtship. Elvis was discharged from the army in 1960, and the rock and roll idol became a Hollywood icon, starring in 27 films throughout the decade. By the early 70s, Elvis struggled artistically, commercially, and personally. As record sales and movie grosses fell, he and Priscilla divorced in 1973. His health took a turn for the worse, and he overdosed on barbiturates twice that year. Determined to make a comeback, he only increased his number of live shows with each passing year, and 1973 was his busiest schedule yet. Despite his failing health, in 1974, he undertook another intensive touring schedule. By 1977, Elvis was hardly recognizable to his fans. Overweight and struggling with addiction to prescription medication, he canceled a string of concerts. One night on tour, he was on stage for less than an hour, slurring his words beyond comprehension. In Baton Rouge, he canceled a performance when he was too ill to get out of his hotel bed. On the evening of Tuesday, August 16, 1977, Elvis was scheduled to fly out of Memphis to begin another tour. That afternoon, his girlfriend Ginger Alden found him unconscious, lying face down in the primary suite bathroom of his mansion, Graceland. The medics rushed him to the Baptist Memorial Hospital, where he was pronounced dead at 3.30 p.m. Elvis Presley, the king of rock and roll, was 42 years old. Fun Facts, a.k.a. Death Stats According to biographer Joel Williamson, during the seven and a half months preceding Elvis's death, Dr. Nick had written prescriptions for Elvis for at least 8,805 pills, tablets, vials, and injectables. Since 1975, the count was up to 19,012. The drugs included uppers, downers, and powerful painkillers such as Dilaudid, Quaalude, Percodin, Demerol, and cocaine hydrochloride. Elvis Presley has been inducted into five music halls of fame, sold over 500 million records worldwide, and won three Grammy Awards. He is recognized as the best-selling solo music artist of all time by Guinness World Records. Known as the king of rock and roll, he is regarded as one of the most significant cultural figures of the 20th century. With us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is friend, writer, Julianne Turkel. Hi, Julianne. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. I'm a big fan. Oh, my God. Well, we're, I'm a big fan of you. Uh, as you know, and I think you are a big fan of Elvis. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I was born on Elvis's birthday. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. January 8th. January 8th. A Capricorn. A Capricorn. Um, <laughs> we get things done. Um, and in the there's a video. I, I was a C-section, but there was a video. My dad was trying to record and you're not allowed to do that. But he had on shake, rattle and roll on like a CD player wow. <laughs> or whatever tape, whatever. Wow. And my mom's like, get the camera out. But <laughs> so I've always felt a connection to Elvis because my dad brought it up to me every year on my birthday. Oh, so, from the moment you were born. The moment I was born. Yeah. Th so. That's um, awesome. I love that your dad was so excited that you were born on his birthday. I'm assuming he knew that it yes. was his birth Elvis's <laughs> birthday. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would be a huge coincidence. <laughs> Julianne was born from a C-section and Shake, Rattle, and Roll was in the court of C. Oh, Chris. Wow. Ooh. Is that true? I wish it was true. I hope you're right. I just looked it up. Oh, <laughs> Now... Before I even ask you another question, Julianne, can yeah. we say, are, is everyone here a big Elvis fan? Chris? Clayton? Well, let's start with Julianne, and then I'm going to make my decision whether I'm not based on what she likes or she feels more comfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I am. But I think 
I was a lot growing up. And then you kind of forget. Like, I feel like mm. his music's around and you just are kind of, it's like the Beatles. And then you revisit it and you're like, whoa, mm-hmm. this is great. And I do feel like the new movie, like, sparked a brand new love and understanding and solved some of my conflict with him. Solved the conflict? You've had conflict with him. I feel like because he's appropriated some of oh, you know big time big time yes um but i think there's been like a new way to look at like you know his relationships on when he was growing up like and like in memphis and how he would boost other artists and but i still think it felt complicated but i felt like the movie did a good job at kind of showing where mm. he was wrong and where right he, wasn't that way. I would say borrowing is a kind way of saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> what, you know, he actually really stole from a lot of black artists in Memphis, mm-hmm. blues artists. Um, and that there is a complicated um, history there. And uh, but I thought you were saying that you had um, some issues with him, just personal issues. <laughs> from my birth. <laughs> I feel like he's taking the attention away from me. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Clayton, Sorry. Chris, I mean, I, I'm with, I'm the same as Julianne. I feel like I've heard him my whole life, but I uh, haven't really um, done a deep dive, a proper deep dive into him. Yeah, he's, he's one so of those handsome. artists. He's one of those artists you mm. kind of take for granted because you always kind of hear him on the oldies radio channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's just such a part of American culture, what with all of the Elvis impersonators and all the movies that have him sort of featured. Um, so yeah, I, I, I'm definitely a fan sort of by just osmosis of just sort of being an American citizen. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I feel like he's like omnipresent, but also like he's easy to forget. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Easy to forget. Not forgettable, but like, he's just like every, he's, I mean, we live in LA. I feel like there's like a, he's like associated with Hollywood. Like he's part of the culture here. Like, yeah. He's his voice is iconic. He's like a huge contribution to like yeah. the music industry. Like you can't underestimate that. But mm-hmm. I'm not like um, I'm not like a mega fan. Like you're not like the girls no. at the bottom of the stage screaming their heads off. If I were a girl at that time, I guarantee you, I would have been. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Yeah. But, okay. So before we dive in, because that would have been a perfect transition, but we're not going to do that. Or we're if not... I was a boy, just let me say, I could also be a boy That's at right. that time. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, before we jump in I have to ask Julianne we like to ask our guests here at the alarmist Julianne what is something that's recently what's something that's alarming you these days what's something that's keeping you up at night okay I'm ready because I've been listening to the podcast since I heard about it okay I've been gearing up and I (laughs) kind of have a few things first off umbrella the angry white man I find I'm so alarmed. I'm not alarmed, but I'm not surprised. One, then two, that COVID made these are the things my therapist never lets me dive into because they're too, they're you too know, big. They're too big for too your therapy. Big. You're not allowed yet. So I knew you were going to ask me this question. I was like, I'm going to. So, and then COVID made me feel like uh-huh. anything could happen. On a level Ooh. I never knew at any moment. Sure. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's good. But, Hold on to that, I would say. It 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 would you say it sort of took away a a previously sort of you had this like shell of belief that like you were you were not vulnerable to the outside world or something? Like can you explain that a little bit more? I think like, it's like a normalcy bias. Like you think Oh, it could never happen to me or like mm. something, even like big events in the world. I feel mm-hmm. like I was pretty young with 9-11. It affected everyone, but it affected like a city. And you could say I wasn't in that city mm. or whatever. But this was the first thing that I was like, oh, even yeah. if people were affected in different levels, we all, all of our lives changed in an instant. It was mm-hmm. global for sure. Like a global yeah. shared experience. That alarms me. Yeah. That is alarming. 
That's good. And I'm trying to think how that transitions into Elvis, the global, you know, who was glow, what was a global pandemic, Elvis fever. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it came in an Elvis instant. fever. Also, also and a global <laughs> There is no vaccine no. for yeah. Elvis fever. No. There really I mean, isn't. Do we need one, though? A- We're good. I think we might need one. I mean, oh. you saw those time, girls. At the time, I think people were... Uh, incensed by mm-hmm. Elvis right. and what he represented, which was sexuality? Mm-hmm. Question yeah. mark? Yeah. I mean, he was sure. incredibly sexy. I've said this before and we kind of glossed over mm. it. But um, go take a deep dive right now. Pause. Take a deep dive into Elvis. Uh, watch some of his videos uh, on the Ed, you know, his performance in the oh. Ed Sullivan show. Photos. There's a uh, uh, I can't help falling in love with you. Video with photos of him and Priscilla. If you want to cry, is there um, a in your research? There's a lot for you did out you there. Did you find a yeah. sex tape? Did you find a sex tape no in your research? No sex tape. No. <laughs> but I, 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 I. Well, I'm I'm scared to say I would love to see one because I'm sure there's like impersonators <laughs> out there. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> I know. Dangerous so territory. I don't want to say that. Yeah, I'm not going to Google search that. Let's dive in though, and. Right. Start discussing, you know, Elvis's death, right? The downfall of the king of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. And first up on the board has to be heart failure. Mm. Mm. This is according to the New York Times. Elvis's obituary published the day after his death read, Dr. Jerry Francisco, the Shelby County coroner who conducted a two-hour examination of the body, said Preliminary autopsy findings indicated that the cause of death was cardiac arrhythmia, with which a hospital spokesman defined as an irregular and ineffective heartbeat. The, cur- the coroner was not immediately able to determine the cause of the cardiac arith- arrhythmia. Dr. Francisco said yesterday that Mr. Presley had a history of mild hypertension and that he had found evidence of coronary artery disease. Responding to repeated questions about whether the autopsy had revealed any signs of drug abuse, the coroner said the only drugs he had detected were those that had been prescribed by Mr. Presley's personal physician for hypertension and a blockage of the colon, for which he had been hospitalized twice in 1975. There's a lot to unpack here. This is the quick, like the quick response to what happened. People wanted to know right away their icon is dead. And I think they might have jumped the gun a little bit here. Well, heart failure and heart disease, uh, those are symptoms of usually another problem, right? (laughs) Like there were other things, there are other sort of, um, instigating factors, right? That that uh, that ultimately affect the heart, but the heart stopping or the heart heart attack is what ultimately is the cause of death. But you know, in this case, it really is like, well, what happened that made the heart do what it was doing, right? Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was it a uh, heart uh, love love sickness? Was it a love sickness? Well, that we just watched the Boz Lerman movie Elvis, and at the end of it, that the conclusion that the manager came up with and we'll get to the manager (laughs) Colonel, what's his name parker colonel parker colonel Uh parker we'll get to him later but what he said was that it was love that killed elvis Mm -hmm. maybe we put that up on the board lack of or too much i don't know how exactly can you put that up with an eye roll put it up with an eye roll that would be yep. great. <laughs> but it is interesting that love and the heart are often com- two conflated conflated things. People often, when they want to show somebody they love them, they either draw a heart or something like or that. Or a heart emoji. Or, or a heart emoji like or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right, guys? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm familiar with that. Biggest sign so- of love. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, let's also, but before we, you know talk about the colonel i want to talk i I want to put up on the board constipation (laughs) so this is according to mirror uh dan warlick chief investigator for the tennessee office of the state chief medical examiner attended the autopsy and fueled the popular theory that elvis died while straining to go to the toilet He once said Presley's chronic constipation, the result of years of prescription drug abuse and high fat, high cholesterol, 
scourging brought on what's known at, as a Valsava's maneuver. Valsava's maneuver. But simply, put simply, the strain of attempting to defecate compressed the singer's abdominal aorta, shutting down his heart. Right. It sucks. <laughs> such detail. It's such detail. It's like too, but, we don't, it's so much, too much information. Like, do we don't. <laughs> yeah, just mm-hmm. keep it at heart. It's a heart thing. You know, like you, if the <laughs> constipation is true, that doesn't need to be part of his PR campaign when he dies. I don't think he used it as, I don't think he would have wanted that to be used as his PR campaign. But the the thing was that he was found in the bathroom. I guess he had fallen from the toilet. Mm. And so that was something that needed to be uh, included, investigated, included. Well, he had a history of constipation too. I think constipation does need to be at the front and center of our discussion here on the alarmist, because you know what, to our alarmy, if you want to do reckless drugs and eat high fatty foods and live like a rock star, you might experience constipation. (laughs) Constipation. That is one of the drawbacks. Deadly constipation. (laughs) (laughs) Not just right. Cause there's regular constipation in this. This kind of constipation. That's true. That's right. It's so, true. The importance of fiber, though, is something that is often overlooked in our society. <laughs> we don't eat enough vegetables. I'm... This would be awesome if we threw it to uh, like a, an ad right now that was like some kind of fiber supplement. Right. Well, I Brought have you to by be, Men I have to, <laughs> I have ahead, to get Julia. personal. And maybe it's okay. a January 8th Capricorn thing. But okay. Maybe it's like we're kind of you know, anal. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and I, okay. I personally, we could also throw to a, you know, sponsor, suffer from IBS. Mm-hmm. So oh. I think you could die from it. <laughs> you can. Yeah. Really? If it gets stuck in there, I don't know. Maybe yes. you should go septic or something. Yes. You can get really ill from like stuff, you know, getting toxicity in your system. That's a real thing. I mean, it's the well, Chris is right now searching. Can you die from IBS? I can see it in his face. I am. I'm looking up. Can you die from IBS? Uh-huh. And, you know, I, I let me get a little more into it. But I that sounds right. I mean, look, it, okay. any untreated uh, illness or sickness, of course, there's going to be you can they suffer complications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, while you research that, I'm excited for the ads you're going to get in the future, too. Um <laughs> I want to put up prescription drug use, uh, abuse up on the mm-hmm. board. This is according to the Daily Beast. The chief pathology investigator on the case, Dan Warlick, said the pressure was on, on in Memphis to make sure the king of rock and roll did not die a drug addict. In Elvis' toxicology report, four drugs were discovered in significant quantities. Co- codeine, ethanamate. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm really sorry to our listeners. Pills. Go ahead. Just take a good step. All of our <laughs> pharmacists <laughs> listeners are like, what? They're like, oh, what an idiot. <laughs> well, I'm writing it right now. Well, you can, you can, uh, it's much less offensive if you mispronounce like medical words. Than <laughs> sure. Like, sure. Um, then my French last, last week. Last names yeah. of yeah. French people, which we did. Uh, I apologize for French. I'm so sorry. But just say them fast. Okay. So, ethinamate, a popular sedative hypnotic, quaaludes, and barbiturates, or uh, depressants, that has never been confirmed, but is reported as phenobarbital. Phenobarbital. (laughs) Go ahead. Keep going. Oh, God. I'm not a... I'm not a druggie, I guess. <laughs> That's this is you. what I'm confronting. Sure, we can tell. <laughs> Elvis also had the painkillers, morphine and Demerol, tranquilizers, Placidil and Valium, and chlorophenaramine, chlorophenaramine, okay. and antihistamine. Uh, so he had a lot of drugs in his system. He would... Often, it has been told that he would use the uppers before shows. I mean, he did high-intensity performances. Mm -hmm. And then he used downers in order to try and fall asleep at night. Mm -hmm. So it became a vicious cycle. And he was doing this for many years, especially in uh, his later years. 
I feel like we should put, I mean, just to kind of speak to all these drugs he was taking, the reasons why, I mean, even in that sentence, the pressure was on in Memphis to make sure he didn't die a drug addict. Why is he taking these drugs? Like, uh, we should have like the, I don't know, the celebrity or like the consequences of fame, like the pr- mm-hmm. pressure to perform or stay Pressure know, to perform is or... nice. Mm-hmm. I like that. You know, uh, something I read was that he was... Of, he was very religious mm. um, and he didn't want to be known as a drug addict because because of religion or whatever. He wanted to be a good all-American boy, sure. whatever. Um, and that's why he made sure that all of the drugs he did or used were prescribed to him by a doctor. So, I mean, mm-hmm. that's not to say, though. I mean, I think we know this now that you can become addicted to prescription medication, obviously. But I don't think that was something that was considered uh, dangerous as dangerous at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I mean, you can go up to a hard drug dealer and just put a lab coat around him and just be like, call him a doc and it would have Mm -hmm. a negative, you know, effect. But it's, it's, yeah, I think they didn't know possibly at the time. Uh, and also, you know, there's this guy, Dr. Nick, who is obviously, we're coming up, we're going to talk about him next. But, you know, he was there to kind of keep Elvis off the streets, I guess, right? And sort of be a, quote, doctor, sort of looking out for his best interest or his health, which he did not do. Right. Let's put Dr. Nick up on the board. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, what I always wonder uh-huh. is those, like, even like... um I don't know, Michael Jackson and all these people who right. had these doctors, like when you're that famous that you can really get anything you want. Right. But I guess yeah. another thing to wonder about is like money. Like I always wonder what is it in it for these doctors that much that they'll do anything to lose their license with right. this fame. Question. It's you risky know? on their part. Yeah. Of course. Or do well, they feel pressured? I mean, like imagine you're a doctor and you're talking to like one of the biggest pop stars in the world and they're telling you mm-hmm. they need something. Do you like go against your better judgment because you like don't want to offend or disagree with Michael Jackson or Elvis right. Presley? You know, like, I mean, if I was the doctor, it's hard. <laughs> you Marilyn not on my Monroe. watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true, though. I would get fired. If I was a doctor, I would get fired. Because you had a crush on him? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I feel like you're you're too good looking. You're too... Okay. (laughs) I mean, like a real doctor in that scenario is a really good point is that you're like, your advice would probably be, okay, stop everything. Go detox for like months. Right. Okay. You need to maybe like take a year off from this like lifestyle and all the people you're around, all the people you surround yourself with, like... You know, and like no doctor is going to be able to do that because this train is because like, like Julianne so said money because people are going to be like, no, money up on the board. he's making mm-hmm. money for all these people. So these people are not going to let him take the time off. Yes. Mm-hmm. Go, right? I want to d- d- uh, dive in a little bit into Dr. Nick. This is according to The Guardian. In 1967, when Dr. Nick first started treating Elvis Presley, he was a well-respected member of the Memphis group practice. To begin with, Dr. Nick treated Elvis for insomnia. But by 1967, this was no simple task. Elvis had a history of disrupted sleep, sleepwalking, and nightmares going back to childhood. It intensified after the death of his mother and his drafting into the army in 1957. And in his early 20s, Elvis had also developed an evangelical enthusiasm for amphetamines legally available in the u.s as appetite suppressants they weren't outlawed until 1965 they kept him going and they kept his Mm -hmm. weight down Mm -hmm. elvis's reliance upon a regimen of drugs was intensified by the concert by his concert schedule now he needed amphetamines before a show and then tranquilizers afterwards and after priscilla left him in 1971 elvis's behavior became increasingly erratic in 1973 he overdosed twice on barbiturates he began canceling shows more and more frequently elvis's problem dr nix has said was that he didn't see the wrong in it he felt that by getting it from a doctor he was he wasn't the common everyday junkie getting something off the street this is according to the daily beast on the morning of elvis's death dr nick had said that elvis only used antibiotics 
Later, Dr. Nick admitted he had prescribed in 1977 alone over 10,000 doses of opiates, amphetamines, barbiturates, tranquilizers, hormones, and laxatives for Presley. 10,000 doses, okay? But he claims that they were meant not only for Elvis, but also for up to 150 people that used to hang around Graceland and go on tour with the king. In 1980, three years after Elvis's death, Dr. Nick was indicted on 14 counts of overprescribing drugs to Elvis, Jerry Lee Lewis, a dozen of other patients, and uh, the jury acquitted Dr. Nick on all counts. In 1995, the Tennessee Board of Medical Examiners permanently suspended Dr. Nick's medical license. His appeals were all rejected. They just never stopped going after me. They always wanted a scapegoat for Elvis's death, Dr. Nick said. Mm-hmm. Mm. So he's feeling victimized. Mm-hmm. He's feeling like they're they're going after him. But it is very questionable. I mean, the 10,000 doses of, of all of those drugs in just one year. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I wish I was better at math uh, so that I could figure out how many doses that meant per day it's a lot (laughs) especially yeah yeah, these kind of drugs um it's a lot um yeah my doctor i don't have a doctor like this i guess if you're a king right (laughs) Mm -hmm. the -hmm. laws don't apply to you the same way they apply to regular citizens Mm -hmm. isn't this the story of a lot of pop stars though i mean like we just heard about this I mean, Michael Jackson died of some kind of overdose. Britney Spears was like, is coming out saying all the drugs that they had her on. I mean, Judy Garland is like a classic example of oh, someone yeah, who's like Judy so Garland. many pills. It just seems like, how do you be a, a mega star and not let that like completely consume you? Cause you're going to have people, I mean, it just must be so exhausting. So you just oh, take yeah. the pill because someone says this will help. I don't know. Like it just seems. Well, really and it's like anything. If you're so young going into this Mm. and you like you're still learning about your ethics and like who you want around you. And like, I feel like that changes so much just as a person. And I can't imagine being elevated like that your whole life. And you still have to kind of navigate your own ethics. And then like, who's going to be drawn to you if you don't have any ethics? It's like just a explosion of like, it's gonna, I don't know. I feel like it will lead to this this type I of like yeah that. i think that's such a good point. young and famous put that yes, up on the board yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah he was 19 when he was discovered or you know when he started to become famous that's so young if i had the i just think about the people i was hanging out when i was 19 which were actually clayton and chris and if i still <laughs> had them in my life <laughs> I guess I am like Elvis. I guess I am. Mm -hmm. Um, No, but I just mean like the choices you make at 19 and the people you surround yourself. Yeah, you're you're still impressionable back then, especially when you're trying, Mm -hmm. if you're trying to make it big, like that's your goal. Like you, you think everyone knows so much more than you. You're new to this, unless you, I guess, grew up in the industry or something, but it's Which he didn't. Right. He was a total newbie. Mm -hmm. It's very true, and it does, and then it makes you wonder about the people that are drawn to you as you uh, get older, right? right? And you have achieved fame, right? What are mm-hmm. the intentions of those people? It's I'm sure it's never like, oh, I just think you're a cool guy. I want to hang out with you. No, it's like right. they want everyone wants something from you, and that's like the essential dynamic of every single relationship that you have. Right. No one's looking to like make some young actor's dreams come true. They're looking for someone who's going to make them a billion dollars. Right. Know, right. It's not about the person. It's about the bank account. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sad. Also, something that uh, I was thinking about while um, while Julianne was making her point was that when you're so young, when you start off so young and, and you know, I can't imagine the, the pressures of being a rock star of what, what that entails, the kind of schedule that that's like, I'm sure the hours are crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
But at 19, you could probably handle it, right? Mm -hmm. But as the years go on, if you're lucky enough to be famous for a long time, what you can do at 19, you can't really do at 32, and you definitely can't do at 40. But your mind is still like, well, I don't want to let go. I got to keep going. I got to do it the way I was doing it before. And so it's not... Crazy to me that he would turn to drugs to try and keep him up, Mm give him the kind Mm -hmm. of energy he used to have 20 years ago when he started. Mm -hmm. And then you come off the drugs and it's very clear that someone was using the drugs because suddenly, you know, you put on the weight. You're not that like high energy, high performing or functioning individual. Like it's you see the wear and tear. And it's like, Mm -hmm. why don't we as this society let the stars evolve, you know, it's like, you don't need to stay the young, old. beautiful, yeah. <laughs> perfect thing that you were when you came onto the scene. Cause that's not, that's literally not possible. I shouldn't well, say let them grow old. I should say, let people age. Huh? Hmm. Right. Right. Okay. So should we put overdose on fame up on the board? Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, we haven't even talked about uh, Colonel Tom Parker. We need to talk about the the Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an interesting figure in this whole Elvis story. Mm-hmm. If you've seen the Baz Luhrmann movie, you know a little bit about him. And this was Elvis's manager. Played is- by Tom Hanks with some <laughs> weird accent. Did anybody watch the Baz Luhrmann <laughs> Yes, Julianne loves it, Chris. I loves it. I oh, love okay. loves it. I love it. <laughs> I was thinking about Austin Butler who played him, so I got distracted. <laughs> I loved it. It was like Mike Hot. Myers was playing a character who was <laughs> Tom he was playing the character Tom was... Hanks doing an impression of some guy. That's it what I weird. felt like it was. It was very strange. It was strange. But let's talk about strange. this Colonel Tom Barker. This is according to Smithsonian. So far as the wider world knew, the Colonel was Thomas Andrew Parker, born in Huntingdon, West Virginia, sometime shortly after 1900. He had toured with carnivals, worked with elephants, and managed a palm reading booth before finding his feet in the early 1950s as a music promoter. Had anyone taken the trouble to inquire, however, they would have discovered that there was no record of the birth of the birth of any Thomas Parker in Huntingdon. They might also have discovered that Tom Parker had never held a U.S. passport and that while he had served in the U.S. Army, he had done so as a private. Indeed, Parker's brief military career had ended in ignominy in 1932, he had gone absent without leaving and served several months in military prison for desertion. He was released only after he had suffered what his biographer Alana Nash terms as a psychotic breakdown. Diagnosed as a psychopath, he was discharged from the army. <laughs> a few years later, when the draft was introduced during the World War during uh, World War II, Parker ate o- until he weighed more than 300 pounds in a successful bid to have himself declared wow. unfit for further service. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so this is the that's person incredible. he employed. That's incredible. How backstory. does this guy come into the picture? Um, so this is uh, according to ultimateclassicrock.com. The Dutch-born Carney turned manager plucked Elvis Presley from obscurity and turned him into one of the biggest stars in history. But the two had an often thorny relationship and Parker's business practices have been widely scrutinized and criticized over the years. He has been frequently accused of halting Presley's career by refusing to let him tour overseas, relegating him to B-movie purgatory for much of uh, the 60s and sucking him dry as a Vegas lounge act rather than letting him flourish artistically. Presley's fame came at a price, though, with Parker taking up 50% of the singer's Mm. earnings, whereas most managers took 10 to 15%. Parker argued that Presley was his sole client and thus the commission was well earned. But money wasn't the only point of contention in Presley and Parker's partnership. After returning from a two-year military stint in 1960, Presley began starring in a slew of Hollywood films that were successful at the box office, but almost universally panned by critics. Parker didn't care. He saw that he could extract maximum profits out of Presley by keeping him on a rigorous film schedule and using the accompanying soundtracks to fulfill his contractual obligations to RCA. So... Money. 
Right. Chris Clayton, his face. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you don't have someone on your side looking out for your for your well-being. It's like you can't, uh, you know, it's like you can't run a horse into the ground like that. You got to give it some sugar every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a, that's what the horse needs. Give it a carrot. Just a little sugar. Let it out to pasture for a couple days. <laughs> I feel like he was like, Elvis's creepy stage mom, like where you're like, is this mm-hmm. about you? Yes, or is yeah. it totally. about me? Yeah, where it's like, why are you so invested, you psychopath? <laughs> like, I don't 15%, know. Yeah. My God, that's that <laughs> yeah. hurts too. Oof, my God. Yeah. So he doesn't have people surrounding him that have his best interest. Uh, clearly, uh, we had a listener suggestion from Katie. OB934, who said that the Memphis Mafia and the continued pressure to provide a living for them and his family should go up on the board. Mm, okay. This is, uh, for those who don't know, the Memphis Mafia was what he called just like his uh, a few of his friends, some cousins <laughs> that hung around uh, Graceland. Uh, apparently, a lot of people lived at Graceland at, at different times. There was always people around hanging out. Mm. So he had an extensive crew that he had to pay for and sustain. Right. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah, and if he cares about them and especially like family. And I wonder if they were getting the drugs too. Mm. Because you said. This is what Dr. Nick said, that it was was for them too. Hmm. I I mean, 150 people that hung around Graceland. Wait, his crew was 150? That's what. Dr. Nick claimed hmm. that it was also used for the 150 people that used to hang around Graceland and go on tour with the king. It's his entourage. They need, yeah, sure. Yeah. Big entourage. I guess if you're that big. So I, I know we're almost out of time here, but I also feel like we have to put the mafia up on the board. This is the regular mafia, not okay. the Memphis mafia. Oh. <laughs> Um, because there, you know, we can't talk, we can't do this episode and not talk about some of the conspiracy theories out sure. there. Some of the people who believe that Elvis faked his own death. He's still alive. Whatever. Um, so the mafia goes up on the board and this is according to time magazine. One of the biggest theories on why Presley may have faked his death is because he had to, in order to escape the mafia, Gail Brewer, Giorgio, the author of the 1988 bestselling book, is, is Elvis Alive, recalled in a recent interview with Time how she poured through thousands of FBI, FBI documents to come to the conclusion that Presley was an American hero who had to go into witness protection. Brewer Giorgio, now 78, said, that F, said the FBI enlisted Presley as an undercover agent in 1976 to help the agency infiltrate a criminal organization called the Fraternity, which was apparently made up of dozens of racketeers. Presley volunteered, spurred by his le- love of, the, of America and respect for the FBI, according to Brewer Giorgio. Elvis faked his death because he was going to be killed and there was no doubt about it, she said. So imagine you're a rock star and you want to, like, add a job. (laughs) Yeah, you you have time. I don't know. I feel like I have some free time. (laughs) Should I I investigate um, the mafia, too? (laughs) Right. Feels like a lot. Yeah, but... It's on the board. Okay, so we put that up on the board. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you, Julianne, anything as someone who shares a birthday with the king, is there <laughs> something that you feel like we're missing? Um, well, maybe it's true crime. Like okay. putting that you on the tell. board because I feel like now we have like a more, I don't know, we can look at the whole scope of his death. And if you look at all of it, you could piece it together like a true crime. And I think it that's what I really liked about the movie was that I feel like Colonel Parker, in some ways, big statement, feels like the murderer of Mm. him because it brought in like doctors and all the things to keep him going and to set up this like perfect true crime scene of him dead. And it's like, mm. as you uncover it, you see all the layers of what led that to him. And I feel like unfairly, 
Elvis has been made to look without the true crime element. Like he Mm. was a mess and he brought it on himself. Like a lot of these famous people. And I feel like there's a lot of little clues and that lead to the murder. That makes me think just going back to what we what you just said and what we were talking about, just like the expectations of stars, maybe there's room for like, uh, like what's the phrase? I mean, abuse. Like it just seems like we mm-hmm. abuse celebrity a lot. Like we have, like our expectations are unrealistic. And so the people who are the managers or, you know, whatever people in charge, just like kind of abuse that you don't treat. You hear a lot of stars say, you know, I'm just a human being. I'm just like mm-hmm. you. Like people forget that I'm not just like a living, breathing human being. So I feel like there's room for like our lack of empathy or just like <laughs> what we take for granted from real people who are just talented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it feels like like in our culture, we're like, we've gotten better, but I feel like I don't know why you would want to get that famous because I feel like in this culture, you're destined to die young because that seems like the theme of all of these people is like, it's asking to have other people control you and their lives end really young, like all of them. Yeah. You guys, we are so lucky we're not that famous. No. So lucky. No. Clay's running stars. They're just like us. <laughs> what does that even mean? Yeah. But show you. absolutely. So it's perhaps the the it's almost like a curse. The fame, right. the curse of fame, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's the the curse of um, you know, a life of duty. <laughs> I guess I'm thinking of the royals, uh, but. Uh, that, that feeling that your life is not your own it's right. for other people yeah. it's for others entertainment it's for others to make money off of it's it's not yours at a certain point you're unable to make decisions just because you want to that's fascinating mm-hmm. especially you know today's day and age where you have some athletes and entertainers taking time off for mental health breaks mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whereas that just wasn't you know, I mean, that just didn't really happen. That right. was called like rehab, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You just didn't talk about it. Or mm-hmm. they would hit rock bottom and then go to rehab or something like that. Or you didn't yep. talk about it. But um, maybe lack of mental health awareness or oh, yeah. something like that. I love mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Okay. We've got a really good list going. So let's take a quick break and then we'll start knocking things off. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. Okay, who's to blame for the death of Elvis? Is it heart failure, love, eye roll, constipation? <laughs> Prescription drug abuse, pressure to perform, Dr. Nick, money, young and famous, overdose on fame, Colonel Tom Parker, the Memphis Mafia, the real mafia, true crime, abuse of celebrity slash stars, they're just like us, curse of celebrity duty, and or lack of mental health awareness. Mm. Really good list, guys. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Uh, off the top of my head, what can we... You know who's not up on the board? Who? Elvis Presley. Well, oh. Do you think he should be up there? That's, well, um, I'm going to say he... no, but I just wanted to say like, okay, so what is it called when something doesn't make the list but is honorable mention? Sure, because sure. At the end of the day... I know he was young, but he was the one making these decisions. He agreed to the yeah. 50-50 sure. deal with the colonel. Well, he, yeah. he was so young. He also didn't draw boundaries with his Memphis mafia. Um, and he was part mm-hmm. of these decisions. You know what I also think thought could be on the board as I'm looking at it now is just the, the city of Las Vegas. <laughs> oh. Sin, is it Sin City? I, Sin, Sin City. city. Yeah. Because that was a huge turning point in his his career was when he had that Vegas residency instead mm-hmm. of and you wonder if he didn't sort of get that feels like a critical moment if he had mm-hmm. if he did get to like Clayton said eat a little sugar or carrots and roam the fields a little bit like a good healthy horse you know maybe he got to a tour or go to a sure. Europe or whatever he could have mm-hmm. could have avoided he was some trapped. Of this. Yeah. Trapped caught in, in a trapped suspicious mind. That's right. Yes. That's one of my favorite part. That, that's my favorite part of the movie uh, when so he good. is in doing the Vegas residency and he sings "Suspicious Minds," and okay. it really, you know, it's like a metaphor for his life. <laughs> <laughs> so totally. True. Um, like what are we going love. to knock off? Love. Okay, fine. Yeah. Take love. I can't send love to the alarmist. <laughs> no. Can you imagine? Well, that's what Bob Lerman came up with. I also don't buy that it's heart failure. Me I mean, either. I think it was heart failure, but, <laughs> but it literally, <laughs> literally was. I don't, but... I don't, but like, I don't buy it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was more than just heart well, failure. Well, what causes the heart was... to fail, right? right. I mean, yeah. love. I. I don't know if he overdosed on fame. I think it, it was more like his youth. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we could take that off. Okay. I also feel like the mafia, we can take that off. Both? You know what I mean? Memphis and, and the big mafia? Well, Memphis mafia is more like his people, like okay. the people who were so we'll keep sucking him dry or like the reason why he needed mm-hmm. to continue to make money, put that pressure on. The reason he couldn't have a little sugar. <laughs> now i just want to ask clayton when you say have a little sugar is it is that a break or is that drugs no no it's it's a sugar is it's like a good thing for you like you it's like oh. a reward for doing a job well done you give mm. he couldn't give himself a little sugar that's why it's that's a healthy what reward yeah you know yeah. it's like 
It should be like like a green uh, juice. Yeah, that's <laughs> like some overnight and oats. A nap. Yeah, <laughs> uh, some uh, chia seeds would have been really perfect. good source of fiber for him. Green actually. juice and chia seed oh, ain't no reward. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, I think pressure to perform can probably go. Oh, I don't think so. You think leave it on? Okay, great. I was thinking yeah, constipation could. could at least come off. Yeah, I think so. That was more of a like heart failure. Yeah. Sort of like. Like literally why he died. That's yeah. more so like literally. Respect, it, that yeah. it was respect real. for sure. But yeah, people yeah. struggle with constipation yeah. every day. Yeah. And alarm me beware. Fault. There's deadly versions of it. So. Yeah. Thoughts and prayers. We never, we never found out if we could die from IBS, but I'm sure Chris is still. Research. No, I did. It doesn't look good over the cursory <laughs> research I did. It's not, you know, but there are terrible things that you can suffer through if you have IBS. Yeah. yeah. So definitely something to address. <laughs> so Dr. Nick has got to stay up on the board. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the Memphis Mafia can fold into the pressure to perform because that's why he has to keep doing it, right? For okay. the money? Sure. Mm-hmm. And, sure. So does uh, pressure to perform roll into money? pressure to perform. as the, mo- yeah. the movie yeah. stipulates that uh he tried to break it off with colonel parker but parker gave him a huge bill for all of the mm. money that parker paid out of pocket i guess throughout their relationship and and they he sort of had to you know stay with him as a result because he couldn't pay the bill so i don't know do i want to keep money and have yeah. pressure to perform be rolled into money sure i think so that sure. works mm-hmm Okay, so we still have oh abusive celebrity. Although I will say, sorry, just to go back, I think we should change it from money to one for the money. Mm. Okay, I like it. I like it. I feel like lack of mental health awareness could go into abusive celebrity because I felt like no one was even thinking about that or caring. Uh huh. Like they weren't even aware enough to. Yes, call at the time. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. The curse of celebrity duty. I think it was, at least for him, I think he was a, the, it, it's more of abusive celebrity. People took advantage of him um, versus uh, his being, feeling like he needs to yeah. perform mm-hmm. for the masses or whatever. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think, mm-hmm. I think, yeah. I mean, his love for performing is, is pure, right? We don't mm-hmm. want to blame that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we have prescri- prescription drug abuse. Dr. Nick, one f- for the money, mm-hmm. one for the money, <laughs> young and famous. So kind of like his youth, youth uh, fame at a youth, uh, fame at a young age is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Colonel Tom Parker, true crime. What do we think about that? Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of an umbrella term for a lot of things we already have up there. Okay. 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 I think you could knock it off. I said and it. Knock it off. A, <laughs> abuse of celebrity. Uh, you know, it's kind of taking advantage. I feel like abuse of celebrity folds into Tom Parker and the money. One mm. for the money, right? Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. These, so, these are the people doing the abuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For in this case. So what are we going to do here? I'll tell you where I'm leaning. Okay. I think we, uh, I think we have we we send prescription drug abuse to the alarmist jail, mm. and mm. we slap one. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. Flip it. We slap prescription drug abuse, and we send one for the money to the alarmist jail. Wow. This is hard. Wow, wow, wow. That wow. This me. is hard. That, did that shock shocked me. you. <laughs> yeah. It shocked me too. I mean, to me, oh God, I really want to get Parker here. I mean, it's hard. It's hard because do you guys see Elvis's early untimely death as a result of his sort of career path or no? You know what I'm saying? Like, do you think mm-hmm. Parker, like, I feel like if if it was his career and sort of the ups and downs and him trying to keep it together and stay famous and all that stuff. Like if all of that is to blame, which I feel like there was a lot that I was on the board that sort of represented that. Then I do think that Parker is maybe we bring more to the front and center. I don't Mm. know. Mm -hmm. You mean like if, if, 
Okay. Like, was it his career? Did that ultimately kill him? Kill him. Or was it the drugs? Right. Uh, well, if it's the I career, career, it goes back to fame, though, right? I mean, it's like... Uh, yeah, let him... Yeah. I mean, Parker's in charge of, of that, this... That's what I'm that's fame. where I'm leaning towards, you know, is mm-hmm. that like the career, you know, is fame and and the, the 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 choice to do the Hollywood the B movies, the choice to like you know, perform at such a hot like so much, so fast all the time and then also to sort of like come back and do Vegas and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. That all feels like Parker to me. Inflating okay. his so, ego, all the products. I'm I'm being swayed a little here. I'm being swayed. I think it. Okay. What, what about sending Parker to the alarmist jail and slapping prescription drug abuse or Dr. Nick, even though the prescription drug abuse started before Dr. Nick, but Dr. Nick enabled it. And that was, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mm -hmm. Dr. Nick was hired. I'm assuming by Tom Parker. I feel yeah. like the Dude. drug abuse definitely deserves, I mean, it's a big part of it, right? And the, the, the reason yeah. the drugs are there is because there was so much, there was so much demanded of him. And I feel like, I guess you could like, you know, and to maybe it makes you feel better as you could roll in this kind of like famous, young, young and famous and one for the money into Tom Parker. Like that was kind of mm-hmm. justifying all of his actions, right? Because I do feel like yeah. the mu- the fame, like the the money, it's like a big part of it. So I guess like to Chris's point, it's like mm-hmm. this is the guy who's kind of with that stuff in mind is like pushing him to like keep yeah. it going. Yeah. Pushing the agenda. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah. He was there the whole way. It, it is icky when you think yeah. about mm-hmm. it. Well, and then they things. shot him up with all the drugs too. Like even the drugs yeah. are just a an effect of all of that like they were shooting him up in that one of those last performances to like stand and it was like he just has to go out there and it's like i feel like oh right it's such so short-sighted on the manager's part too if you think about it because if he could have had a an elvis could have still been playing vegas at this point Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i mean how old would elvis be today he's probably a little Maybe he's retired. I would hope yeah. he would retire by now. <laughs> but he could, he could have had so many more years of success and uh, and and you know bringing in an income. But mm-hmm. it was it was too much too quickly, and it was not sustainable. So I'm going to call it mm-hmm. prescription drug abuse. You're getting the big slap. Elvis's manager, Colonel Tom Parker. You're going to the alarmist jail. And there you have it. I mean, throw away all of your conspiracy theories. We have solved the death of Elvis here. And we couldn't have done it without you, Julianne. Oh, thanks for coming. Thanks for letting me come. You're definitely going to say thanks for coming. (laughs) Thanks thanks for coming to my podcast. I kind of wasn't sure what I was going to say. I do want to ask and make a request for a future episode. Oh, wow. Yes. Nobody's ever done that before, but please go. (laughs) Well, I'm on the show. Yeah. Uh huh. Um, I don't know if you've done it, though. John Bonet. <gasps> no, Jean Benet. Wow, we got Jean Benet Ramsey. Yes, yes. Jean Benet okay. Ramsey. This is exciting. We'll have to have you. And back I'd like for to that. just call in or something, <laughs> okay. or just listen. <laughs> we can just have. I just said we can have you back yeah, for that. It's yours. Okay. <laughs> it's truly not something I'm alarmed about every day. I think about, and I hope before I die, it's solved. Oh, and I, I think so I'm too. the one who's going to, but that's okay <laughs> for me to deal with. But anyway, I want you guys to do that. Thank you. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Well, well, yeah. we'll see you soon. We'll see okay. you very soon, Julianne. Okay. Thanks, you guys. In the days immediately following Elvis's death, three doctors, Eric Muirhead, Jerry Francisco, and Noel Floretto, conducted an autopsy. Dr. Francisco preemptively announced Elvis had died of a heart attack, 
But when the toxicology report revealed shocking levels of drugs, accusations that the doctors had lied spread. Since then, conspiracy theories about falsified autopsies, cover-ups, and mysterious Elvis sightings have run rampant throughout the decades. It is believed that at the time of his death, the Presley family requested a private second autopsy. This document is being sealed until the 50th anniversary of Elvis's death in 2027. Visit our website and let us know who you think is to blame at www.thealarmistpodcast.com and follow us on Instagram at The Alarmist Podcast and on Twitter at Alarmist The. You can also send us your thoughts via email to thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Today's episode was produced and engineered by Clayton Early with fact-checking by Chris Smith and editing by Maria Blasucci. Thank you to our associate producer and researcher, Alex Paul. The Alarmist is executive produced by Rebecca Delgado-Smith and the Erios Network. Tune in next week. We'll be discussing the bombing of Pan Am Flight 103. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.